Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to be here with you guys. Right now. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to gather. Thank you for just being with us. Thank you for your presence that we know is always with us, but we get to feel you too. And that means means everything to us. And so, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak through me this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So cool. So I've been traveling a little bit. I got lost so much going on in like the last three months for us. Is maybe it's just been crazy. So going through COVID and and then coming out of COVID and and God just blows me away sometimes. How good He is and how awesome He is and all the stuff He's doing. And I was thinking about how great God is and and how come He's so good to us. You know, why Why would he choose to be so good to us and to love us and to bless us? And there's a lot of times, like, when I don't deserve it. I know you guys think I'm perfect, but I promise <laughs> I'm not. Ask my wife. She'll she'll tell you, right? And ask my dog. Like, he'll come up and bark at me sometimes. He'll be like, rah, 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 you know? Get out of my bubble, you know? But, I mean, but I'm not, but I'm perfect in him. And he sees me and loves me just like I am, and he loves you just like you are, because you're precious, and God is so good. Not not because we're good, but because he is, but he doesn't see us as, oh, you rotten, sorry sucker, right? You know what I mean? He sees us as, man, that's my son, that's my daughter. Maybe they're blowing it right now, but I see greatness in them. And so he's looking out there, and he's seeing all this thing, and Really, it's a gift straight from God that we get and we get to enjoy in our lives every day. And it made me think, and it's like we have this inheritance, right? I've been thinking a lot about inheritances, a lot about legacies. How, how are we going to, like, like, there's only so much I can do, right? There's only so many horses I can train. There's only so many sermons I can preach. There's only so many people that I can love, but I get the opportunity to love other people. Isn't that good news? And so here, here as I'm doing this, I want to extend that and be able to bring other people into, into this circle and into this life and into an opportunity where they can participate in that inheritance that God's given me. Does that make sense? And so, so God loves us so much and he wants so much for us. And so I'm like, man, I just want to pass this on, right? I want to, I want to extend this and I want to build a legacy and I want something that's going to be bigger and, and greater than I ever dreamed before. And so it made me think of my grandpa and grandma, right? So my grandpa was a cowboy. And so on my mom's side, I got cowboys. On my dad's side, I got preachers, right? <laughs> And so, like, I'm not going to be a preacher, you know. 
And guess what? <laughs> but I'm a cowboy too, right? Because I didn't think I could be a preacher and a cowboy, but guess what? I, I am, but I think of my grandpa and the legacy that, that he left me because that's where my love for horses comes from. And he was a great horseman. Back when he did horses, they didn't just... Um, they, did, they weren't hobbies, man. My grandpa plowed with those horses. He worked with those horses. They didn't have tractors back then. So these horses were really important to their life and to their everyday life and to my grandma, too. In fact, I remember my cousin had a, um, an appendix bust, and he was in a hospital about 40 miles away from where my grandma lived. And so some of my other cousins was there, and they're like, Hey, James, I got some hay for sale. And so I had this little Chevy S10 pickup. And I was driving around when I was in college. If you don't know what it is, it's just a little bitty Chevy pickup, right? <clears throat> it was a Centennial Edition. It was cool, man. I had a Hearst shifter, man. I was like, it was a 1989, man. It was new, bud. But anyway, so here I go to, the, I go to this hospital. And with my grandma, I take her with me. And I'm like, Grandma, I'm going to go get hay, okay? And so I dropped her off at the hospital, grabbed my other cousins, and we went and loaded the hay up, and we come back to the hospital. And my grandma walks out of the hospital, and, and she walks up to my truck, and she's like, who stacked this? And we're like, we did. And she's like, I could stack that barefoot pregnant on a wagon better than you boys did that. And she made us unstack that hay in the middle of a hospital parking lot and put it back together just like she wanted it, right? And I've never forgot that lesson. And now when I stack hay, it's like grandma stacks the hay. And what's funny is she was not kidding. Like they used to have to stack hay on wagons and that's how they did stuff. And so there, there was a, more of a value to them. Not that there's not a value now, but when you make your living and when you have your life depending on that kind of stuff, it means more to you some ways, right? So I remember when I was 10, it was in 19-something. It was in 1980 or 81. My um, grandma and grandpa gave me this picture. And there's this butte and there's these horses that are running across it because my grandpa would talk about horses and he'd talk about how much he loved horses and like there's a million stories about horses wherever I was with them and so I would hang this up and I would just sit there and I would look at this and I'd just dream of horses coming across that butte and I did that for years and years and years man this is the only thing I've had for that long <laughs> right aside from me I've been with me, right? But I would dream about this. And when I see this, it reminds me of the legacy that my grandpa left. It reminded me of an inheritance that I was left with in my life that continues to this day, right? So we got this in the Bible, too. I'm going to put this here. That's going to go. Why was he bringing a picture up? I hope it's good. You never know a pastor. Right? There's this dude in the Bible and his name's Solomon. Anybody remember Solomon? Right? And so um, King David dies and leaves the kingdom to Solomon. And so when we get into 1 Kings chapter 3, we hear, hear this story of Solomon. And 
Solomon's a man who had a great inheritance, right? Because here we have King David, and he's like this, this bigger-than-life hero, man. He's a giant killer, and, and, and Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his ten thousands. And here's Solomon, and he's getting ready to walk into such a great legacy and such a great experience that like, it's got to be humbling for him. Right? Can you imagine? Here's this great warrior and this great king that's been through all hell and still come out on top. And now Solomon gets to be the one who gets to carry on this legacy and, and to do great things for Israel. And so now Solomon's getting to think, okay, how, how is this going to happen? How is this going to work out? And so you see Joab's slain and Shimeel is slain and all of his enemies are being slain. And then it comes to chapter 3. And it says this, Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people, however, were still sacrificing at the high places because a temple had not yet been built for the name of the Lord. Okay, time out. Now, why were they sacrificing at the high places? Because there was not a temple built. Like, so right now there's a reason that there isn't a sacrifices in Israel for the Jewish people is because there is no temple, right? And if there's no temple, you don't sacrifice. But here they, they were like wanting to worship God so much they were taking this on the high places and they were worshiping God, which was not good. But it was good. It was their heart, but it was, it was doing the right thing at the wrong place. Have you ever done that? Right? Doing the right thing with the wrong, un- well, the right, wrong thing with the right intention, right? And so it wasn't, God was like, I just want a house. I just want a place to live. I just don't want a high place, right? And that's how he is today. Like, we got all kinds of high places today and all kinds of places that aren't home for God. But God says, I just want a home. And it's not in a church building and it's not in a baseball stadium or a football stadium or a movie theater, but it's in your heart. He's like, I just want to live there. And that's why, why he, he says, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit now. Like before, they had the, his presence would dwell in the tabernacle, right? And it dwell in, in the temple. But now, since Jesus died on the cross and it ripped that veil, now we're the temple. Now we're the house of God. And so the Bible says that those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So he's like, man, I don't want you trying to find me out here and trying to find me over here. Jesus said the kingdom of God is near you. It's even in your mouth. Do you know what he's saying? It's inside you. He's like, I want to live inside you. I want to do great things in you. I don't want you worshiping all over here look, trying to find me. Look inside because I'm right there. I'm so near you. It's just in your mouth. And so here... It goes on and says, Solomon showed his love for the Lord. Well, the people, however, were still sacrificing at the high places because a temple had not yet been built for the name of the Lord. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the statutes of his father, David. Time out. Okay. David. Okay. The perfect man who never made a mistake. <laughs> 
right? David was perfect, right? Never made a mistake. Let's see, he committed adultery. He murdered a guy. Then he covered it up. Other than that, he was a saint. <laughs> right? Nothing, nothing on David, right? And he sat in here, but God never saw that. Do you know why? Because God saw his heart and he covered it with his blood, right? With the blood of a lamb, right? And David said, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. And do you know what? God did. And it doesn't matter where we've been or what we've done or where we come from. God will do something great in our heart when we say, you know what, Father, I just give you my heart. Come live in my heart and live in and through me. And, and I'll just give you everything and watch what he'll do. He'll change your life just like he changed David's life. doesn't mean we're perfect. We all mess up. Right? But it does mean that, that we have his grace to see us through. Right? So here he's saying, Solomon, Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the statutes of his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burnt incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, that, sacrifices for that was the most important high place and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. I mean, this is what gets me. Because we read in number five, it says, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon. Now remember, when it's saying this is the most important high place, it doesn't mean it's the most important to God because it's still the wrong place. What it's meaning is it's the most popular for people to go because it's the highest place they can get. And so much of the time, we try to get to God by our own works and our own actions. And so we think the higher we can get in being good, the better chance we have to be into God. And God's like, no, 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 no. It's not about how good you are. It's about how good I am and what I've done. He's like, I don't need you to go to the high places. He's like, I'll be with you right down in the lowest pit. He says, and I'll lift you up because he's that good. And he loves you that much. And so here, here he is. He's at the wrong place with the right motive, right? And he's wanting to meet with God. And do you know what God says? He's like, man, I'm going to meet this dude here. I'm going to meet him right where he's at, even though it's at the wrong place. He's got the right heart attitude, and I'm going to go right there, and I'm going to meet him right where he is. And you know what? It says in that Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, watch this. What are you doing here, dude? This is the wrong place. No, your Bible don't say that. Okay. Ask for what Whatever you want me to give you. Man, is that something that you would expect God to say? We look at the, at the Torah and the writings and the prophets and we call it the Old Testament. Like we think that it's gone. But there's so much life and so much Jesus and so much of the heart of God in it that it just brings Jesus out brings the heart of the Father out. And that's what we're seeing right here. Solomon's at the wrong place with the right intentions 
And God's like, I'm so glad you're here. Now, ask. Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Isn't that incredible? So Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. Do you hear that? It didn't say he was perfect. It didn't say he never made a mistake. He said he was righteous and upright in heart. Now watch this. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne to this very day. Now you want to hear David's heart? Now listen to this. Psalms 20, this is a psalm of David. It says, May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the Lord, the God of Jacob, protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. And what did God just do? He accepted that, what Solomon had. And then it goes on and says this, May he give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. We will shout for joy when you are victorious and will lift up your, our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. How many is all? It's a bunch. Like it's a lot. Some of us may not ask anything from God because we don't think we deserve anything. But God's like, don't, don't not ask. Come to me just like you are. And I'll do great things. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He answers him from the holy heaven with the saving power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. O Lord, save the king. Answer us when we call. And so that's the kind of, of father that Solomon was raised with. Especially by the end of his life. This is the kind of wisdom that was imparted. And I'm sure Solomon read this, man. And so now he's having his own experience with God. Even though we have legacies of our family. Maybe our families were pastors and, all, and preachers. Or, or maybe our family were believers. But we got to come to a place in our life where we have our own relationship with God. Now King David's gone. On to heaven. He's with, but now Solomon gets to decide which way am I going to go? Who am I going to follow? And that's the call God gives to us today. Which way are you going to go? Who are you going to choose? And so here we see, he says, Solomon, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father. David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart, you have continued his great kindness, this great kindness to him and given him a son to sit on his throne to this very day. And you know, there's still a son from the line of David sitting on that throne. And his name's Yeshua. His name's Jesus. 
Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Who made him king? God made him king, and he's recognizing that. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Time out. God just asked him, ask whatever you want. And now he's like, wait a second, I'm just a little child here. I mean, come on, I'd have been like, I want a house in the Bahamas, a Rolls Royce Dawn, you know. I'd have had my list. Man, I even got my Rolls Royce hat, man. I love those cars. Those are awesome, right? You know, you know what I'm talking about? But here is Solomon, and, and he's like, I forgot my glasses. Let me find it. Now, Lord God, you made, made me... Made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Right? So now he's talking about two things. He's talking about, I want you to hear from your heart. Now there's this word, it's called Shema, right, in Hebrew. And it, and it means hear, like in, in the Shema in Deuteronomy 28, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God, He is one. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Here is the Lord is God. He is one. And then it says, love him with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. And then Jesus added on, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Because if we don't love ourselves, we're not going to love anyone else. Right? And so a lot of people miss that one and sacrifice themselves on account of your neighbor. And God wants you well cared for, first of all. It's kind of like in the airplane where they say, put the mask on first. Right, then you can help your neighbor. That's what we need to do here too. But it's small, it's a hearing in your heart. I had a horse one time, her name was Jewel, and she was deaf. And she's out of one of the greatest reigning horses to ever walk the earth. And but a lot of the colts were deaf, and he was deaf. And so I started to work her and I got her because she the people were having trouble with her, and I started moving her around and she was really really defensive and I was like man I don't even know what to do with this horse and so I sat back for a minute and thought and I was like okay father how do I approach this horse yeah I pray when I'm training horses (laughs) and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said just because she's deaf doesn't mean she can't hear I was like wait a second you know what he was saying just because she can't hear with her physical ears doesn't mean that she can't feel hear with her heart. And she's a horse, so like she doesn't understand come here, go there. Anyway, she talks horse. And she doesn't need ears to talk horse. So I just started moving her feet around, talking, and she just melted and just went whew, like that. And I thought, how about us? What are you hearing in your ears? What have you heard in your ears, in your physical ears, that people have spoke over you that is a complete lie straight from the pit of hell. 
that doesn't line up with what God has said about you and for you and about who you are. What have you heard in your ears? I'm telling you that's not what God is speaking to your heart. Because he says you're precious and you're valuable and you're my son and you're my daughter and I have an inheritance and a legacy for you that will last forever if you'll just come to me with your heart. Amen? And then he asked for another thing. He, he was asked, asking for discernment, right? To, you discern with your spirit and not your brain. Ever get this feeling in your gut that you should do this or you should do that, but your brain's saying, no, don't do that. I just had that moment. Like, like I just got blessed with a bunch of ponies and I was like like the whole way I'm driving there my brain screaming you idiot you idiot and my heart's like thank you Jesus thank you Jesus right we discern with our heart and not our brain sometimes the bible says be not conformed to this world or its way of thinking but be transformed by the renewing of our mind right our mind isn't just our brain Right? It's, it's our heart. It's our mind. It's our will. It's our emotions. God wants to transform all of that, right? So he's a- asking for two things. He's asking for wisdom, which in Hebrew is hakma. Can you say that? Hakma? Hakma. Now, so you got to like, act like you swallowed a bunch of cat hair, <laughs> right? And then you go, hakma, right? And so, hakma, right? And it. And it means wise, but it means like the wisdom of this world. We need, he's like, I want to have a wisdom that operates in this world. So much of the time, like we're so heavenly minded, we're no, no earthly good. And we're here, God created us to be here for this time and for this moment, not to be looking for Scotty to beam us up all the time, but for us to make a difference while we're here. Right? So in order to do that, we need some chakma. We need some wisdom. How do I operate in this world? How do I do this in the world? Where, how does this work? And how does that work? And, and so that's what he's asking. He goes, I need some earthly answers and to know how to operate in this earth. Right? And then he asked for something else. Though. He, he didn't stop there. So, so chakma would be wisdom. I mean, knowing what the right thing to do and how to do it. Then we have understanding, which in Hebrew is benah. Now, benah is discernment, right? Now, that's, remember, we don't discern with our brains. We discern with our hearts, right? And so he's like, Father, I want to know how to do it in this world, but I want a discernment that goes beyond and above what this world has to offer, right? And so he was asking God for God's wisdom and God's discernment and to know how to operate in this world. And so many of us need to do that too. We don't need to run from things in this world. We need to know how to operate in things in this world with the wisdom and discernment that God has. And then we can go places that we never dreamed we'd gone because we're going places with God and with what God's doing and with what God's go- where God's going, right? 
So it's a discernment. See, the world can have hakma, but only the sons and daughters have benach. Right? And you're a son and daughter of the Most High God. So he says, So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours. And the Bible said the Lord was flabbergasted at what he said. It says, you stupid kid. No. It says, do you want three wishes? No. He says, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had to ask for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself and have not asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise Hakma and a discerning heart, Benach. Now think about that. He's like, You didn't ask for all this stuff, so I'm going to give you what you asked for. What a great thing to ask for. If we don't ask for anything else, let's ask for that. And you know what? When we have that, we're going to have wealth and we're going to have long life and we're going to be in the right place at the right time. What? He was already wise beyond his years. But watch what God does. So that there will never ever have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Now watch this. The Bible says that in Israel at that time, in Jerusalem at that time, gold was as common as stones. Now think about that. Now, we're not talking about like, like the sand dunes where there's no, no stones. Well, I mean, you can count sand as stones, kind of, right? But, but I mean, think about that. Where, what is Jerusalem? It's rocks. Like, that's all you see is rocks. And the Bible says that gold and silver was as common as rocks. Now think about what God was doing in Solomon's day and in Solomon's heart and in Solomon's kingdom, which is uh, representative of another kingdom that's going to be coming too, right? But watch this. I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be, nor over. I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands as David your father did, man, all I got to do is not kill someone. And I mean, we'll start there. I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and realized he had been in a dream. So I love this story because God says, when you have my wisdom and you have my discernment, watch what I'm going to do in your heart and in your life. You're going to find long life and you're going to find what you need and you're going to find 
Why? Because you have know how to operate and you have a discernment to do it. And that's an inheritance and a heritage that you guys have, right? So I was looking at this and about um, five years ago I was on the Colt Starting Challenge Tour and I met this older gentleman and, and his daughters and I got to go ride for him. I went out on this beautiful ranch in middle of Montana and as I'm at this ranch I come across and there's this butte like this. It's called Snake Butte. And I was like, man, it reminded me of this picture. So I got there and I rode four of these horses and these four four four-year-old gildings are barely hauled or broken. I was on all of them within an hour. And it was just the best experience and I connected with them and then I talked to this gentleman quite a bit when I was on the road and he encouraged me when I was calling for the finals. So I got a call about a month ago and he had passed. And the daughters are like, we have these horses and we'd like for you to have some of them. And so I got to go and get some of the best horses in Montana. And as I was pulling in with the trailer, I remembered this. And it made me think of my grandma and grandpa. And it made me think, you know what, God? This was a dream that I'd had since I was 10. And you knew all the way back then. This is part of my heritage. It's like part of my inheritance. And God said, I'm just going to bless you. And you know something? I didn't do anything to deserve this. He just blessed me. And you know why he wants to do that in your life too? He wants to blow you away with his goodness. Because he loves you that much. Just give him a chance. It's easy. All we got to do is say, Father, come into our, my heart. I believe in you. Give, blow me away with your goodness. Give me <coughs> your wisdom. Give me your discernment. And let me watch what you do in my life. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you for the gift that you've given us in Jesus for the inheritance that we have in you, Father, is greater than any inheritance that we could ever have on this earth. But, Father, thank you for remembering us here, too. Father, right now I break off every negative, deceitful, vile word that has been spoken against these folks or any of us. And I thank you, Father, that you're just speaking directly to their heart and letting them know how valuable they are, how much you love them, and how even for years you've been setting them up for a blessing to show them how much you love them. And bring that about right now, Father. The places where, where, where we're struggling, where it doesn't seem fruitful, Father, Bring life and fruit to them through, through your chakma and your bana, through your wisdom and through your understanding, and just blow their socks off. And we thank you for that. In the mighty name of Yeshua, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, 
check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.